Welcome to the new JFK show number 118. We're very happy to have broadcast our show last week on WGSO, excuse me, WGSO 990 AM on Battle of New Orleans. So that show is on our YouTube channel, the Eric King YouTube channel, and it's the new JFK show number 117. It's all about Billy Nolan Lovelady. And once again, Larry is coming through like a steamroller and just rolling roughshod over the entire JFK community. I, I just say everyone else just go home, leave it to Larry, and we'll just check with you in a, in a month or two. And you can read about it in his new forthcoming book. Man, you guys, I'm going to announce it right here. I think it's time for a documentary. I mean, a serious documentary, almost like the final word documentary. And we need all of you guys in here and all of the stuff we brought forth in the last, what, three years we've been doing the JFK show now. So like you said last time, we show our worth every week here. And I'm, and I'm proud of what we do. And with Larry Rivera, it's easy. So, all right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, so um, what we're going to do, uh, I have these um, – this Billy Lovelady gift here. So um, I'm going to maximize that if I can. So you see how I can go backwards and forward. So Larry, talk to us about this new forensic discovery of yours. And I'll just kind of fade it in and out. Well, uh, that you were too, way too... Uh generous uh, with your comments there gary you know i'm not uh you know <laughs> he's, he's a generous guy he's that kind of guy larry yeah yeah, yeah. um this is uh the man known the figure known as black hole man because in uh, most versions of, of, of the alton six photograph in that area of the doorway that man is blacked out completely but uh what we discovered uh is by brightening the uh, that area just a tad, you can make out uh, some very key figures and uh, fe uh, features uh, in this figure. For example, the the tip of the nose, the uh, the space between the uh, nose and the upper lip, which is also called the upper lip, the lips themselves, and more importantly, the what it, what is called the perioral uh, creases around the mouth. Okay, uh, we're getting. Uh, uh, anatomical terms here uh, but uh, there are anatomical anatomical terms for the, all these parts uh, in the face how now what uh, we did was uh, just go ahead and try to overlay uh, pictures photographs of uh, known photographs of Billy to see how how they scored uh, in these in these overlay uh, in these overlay exercises and surprisingly well maybe not surprisingly because we've known this for a long time but now we have uh, evidence, bona fide evidence, that shows that this man was actually Billy Lovelady. And furthermore, when we, uh, if you look at the, uh, the 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 image, the whole image without this retouching that I've done here, the area of the uh, left shoulder shows part of that stripe coming down. And so what we did was just line that up with that area, and and it just went. It just fit in perfectly, perfectly. And if you look at the, the way that we fixed it now, you know, the shirt, you know, looks like it's tailor-made right there on the billy and uh, with the face and everything. And uh, so this is what that uh, that that area of the Alton 6 pho uh, photograph looked like on November the 22nd before it was altered. 
Okay, and uh, like I said, uh, the study of, of the overlay of Billy's face onto Black Hole Man is something that had never been done. Uh, it is uh, brand new uh, research, and and I think uh, this sort of uh, finishes the deal here on the Man of the Doorway because last year we did the, the Oswald overlays, and now these, and, and I think uh, I think the book is closed on this one, Jim. Yeah, quick quick question. Talk to me about Black Tie Man. What's the current and the latest on him? <laughs> well, a lot of people have different ideas on him. Uh, I discovered a, a, a document, uh, a documented letter from uh, Shirley Martin to Harold Weisberg in 1967, where Shirley Martin, uh, you know, we've done a show with uh, Shirley Martin's son, Steve. Uh, Great show. Great yeah, show. In the show where he talked about going to the back of the uh, uh, TSBD to the loading try to get a, a photograph of Billy Lovelady because his mother had sent him. But uh, Shirley uh, went in and she, as we've said many times, she used to go, she was one of the first uh, investigators, a housewife, to go to Dallas and, and visit uh, all these witnesses. And uh, Shirley went to see Joe Molina and she showed him the Alton Six photograph and he pointed himself out to, to Shirley. And it happened to be a black tie man. Black tie man. Now, yes. Now, see, now the reasons these are, these are all starting to fall into place is because we've already identified Lee. We've already identified uh, uh, Billy Lovelady. We know that uh, Wesley Frazier was edited out of the of the Option 6 photograph, and I think you have a copy of that one uh, that we have restored there. Uh, and the man, the pudgy man <clears throat> right there in the center, visoring his, his, his uh, eyes and with his left arm resting, his big gut happens to be Otis Williams, based on photographs that, I, that uh, were published actually by Larry Sneed when he. Uh, Larry, why is his face obfuscated then? That's a very good question. That's a very good question, Jim. But by the physical uh, characteristics from the neck down, uh, if you look at the uh, uh, photograph of Otis, uh, Otis Williams, you'll see that that's exactly the same physique, the, the same body type. And how can we have black tie men still in front of and absolutely? Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, whatever they did there, uh, I I think they tried to strikes over his shoulder to make it look like uh, Love Lady's shirt. That's that's a very wild theory of mine. But you know, uh, there happened to be at the, in uh, in airbrushing uh, what they call dagger strokes, and I compared those with those two lines that come down that form that tie in between the, the with the dark area forming the tie. And, and they were exactly what dagger strokes look like. Now, this is something that, you know, like I said, it's a theory, you know, I'm not, uh, I've just thought about it by researching, in, you know, what airbrushing was capable of doing uh, in, the, in, in, in those days at that time. And that was one of the uh, different uh, techniques. But, uh, but Larry, how, how could they have overlooked that they were eliminating the clavicle, the left clavicle? On I know, I know. I know. Well, uh, uh, Beverly Brunson thought that was a streamer and that uh, the doorman was in the process of throwing a streamer uh, from that position. You know, so, so there, there's a lot of wild uh, theories, you know, uh, out there as to why that ended up, that type of effect ended up. And we know that it's an anomaly and it's just not, not supposed to be that way. And I know that uh, you have been on this from day one, you know, that, you know, you can't be both in front and behind him at the same time. That's totally well, I think Claire Kuhn was the one who truly brought it home in, in like the very second of the many studies we published about this <laughs> in veterans today. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, a bizarre, it's a bizarre situation, and it's so blatant. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and also, you, know, you have to uh, take into account that these prayer men, people that have been pushing prayer men uh, from down under, uh, uh, well, they, they, uh, they, they have different uh, opinions, obviously, as to who is who. And, for example, they've got black hole men who we had just identified as Billy Lovelady as Joe Molina. Okay, they have uh, Lee Oswald as prayer man, and they have Lovelady as doorman. Well, we've proven both of those wrong, okay? And uh, so, uh, you know, they write a book, and they publish, they put, all, put up all these YouTube videos, you know, and uh, I guess, you know, if they're making money or whatever, you know, but, but uh, those, those uh, identifications are wrong, and I'm pretty sure that uh, we're about 99% right on, on our identifications. Yeah, what you say about this one, Larry? Uh, this is a photometric comparison. This is the second technique uh, of the uh, over, of the uh, comparison uh, of the forensic uh, methods that we have talked about, and we have written about, and we have spoken about before. And where you, you put the two images side by side, and then you just run lines across key features like the nose, <clears throat> the mouth, the jawline, the uh, the eyes, etc. And just by uh, uh, looking back and forth. You can see the differences. Okay, now if, the, if, if these two individuals were a were different individuals, then you know the, the lines would the and the features would be out of line with each other. Okay, but not here. You draw the line across the the lips, and it goes right through. The nose is exactly where it's supposed to be. So we don't have to see the eyes in this uh, example here to be able to make a positive identification of uh, Billy Lovelady as that individual. It's amazing. Larry, have you ever shown where Bill Shelley was in relation to the... That's a, yes, yes. In the Wigman, there seems to be another guy right behind Lee Oswald. You have Black Time Man uh, who's there, but there seems to be... It's hard to make, make it out. He's kind of faint, but he's... he's because as Lovelady told Bruton in those new tapes, he told him, look, uh, Shelley was inches away from the glass door. So he was probably le leaning up against it, and you can't see him in the auctions, but uh, I think you can see him in the Wigman, and and that's uh, that's something that uh, at least in my my interpretation of the Wigman, I have put a spot there for for Shelley, even though it's not uh, as visible as you might like. Okay. All right, Larry, we. Uh have this one here. Yeah, I, I sent you three more, Gary. You did? I can go get them if you need them. Check out your email. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but it, this has come full circle now, Jim. You know, I'm, I'm, you know the most important uh, two individuals, which are uh, Doorman and Black Hole Man, uh, we, we have them now with the uh, proof and we have the methodology and everything. So uh, come November, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think this is all terrific. Right, here comes this gift right here. Yeah, perfect. Now, the, uh, the one that you're playing now is, is the, uh, in 1967, CBS went and uh, they were going to uh, do this big, uh, show, investigative sh uh, show on, on the uh, anniversary of uh, JFK. And so they went and they found Billy Lovelady and they posed him in front of the TSBD. Now, in doing so, this image is perfect 
for uh, what we wanted to compare here because he happens to be squinting, okay? And when he, Billy had the, this involuntary reaction in his face, when squinting, he would, uh, the, he would, his perioral creases would become more pronounced. And if you try this, uh, and I saw a video by Jack White, by the way, where he was uh, doing exactly the same thing, and he was showing how different facial muscles came into play when you uh, did with your eyes or whatever. And, and that's exactly what Billy uh, had had the involuntary reaction of bringing that part of the mouth up around the mouth. And, and so when he squinted, he would bring that part of the mouth up. Okay, so we found that picture from CBS 1967, and I thought it was perfect uh, to do the overlay. And when we did the overlay, as you can see, as it's running right now, the perioral creases are exactly in the position where they're supposed to be. Really lovely, okay? And that's what is so amazing about this, this photograph. So even, even Ralph, when he saw this, it just blew him away because he thought that that area had been, had been uh, tampered with or whatever. Are these and the creases you're talking about now? Yeah, exactly, 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 Jim. And, and, and this one is just, you know, incredible. And I have a, a, another collage here for Gary, uh, which is yeah. a... Yeah, let's get this other one. Yeah, 16 uh, photograph panel there. Yeah, that's the one. All right, here we go. Okay, and this is if from left, top left, as you go across and you keep going, uh, you'll see that the opacity level changes. And, and in this case, we're doing 5%. Every, every image to the right and down is 5% more opacity than the one previous. Okay, and as you go and you scan from top to bottom, left to right, you can see how nothing changes. None, none of these uh, uh, features change at all. They are exactly in the position that they're supposed to be when, uh, when you get to the final photograph at the bottom where obviously it's Billy Lovelady, and that's uh, that's why uh, this these last two ones that that we have presented sort of this was just uh, completely finished the whole deal here. You know, there's, I don't think there's any doubt here whatsoever that that's uh, Billy Lovelady. Amazing, just amazing stuff, Larry. I'm sorry. Sensational stuff. <laughs> well, I, you know the implications of this. You know. Uh, <laughs> You know what the implications are, are of all this. So, uh, so when are you going on NBC, you say? Are you going on the Today Show? <laughs> no, nah, you know that'll never happen. <laughs> Wait, are you on Black Op Radio anytime soon? No, we're, we're content we're, we're, with keeping it right here in the family, uh, Gary. All right. Okay. Where's that truth channel? Yeah, we're, we're the only ones that are going to host us. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, all right. So that's all we needed right there. Yeah, um, Here's our all to six restored. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, yeah. This I love this one because now you got good old Wesley there. <laughs> and again, you know, these once you uh, fit all these pieces of the puzzle in, they all seem to be exactly, you know, they all seem to fit in perfectly, you know. And and Jim knows that I've done a lot of research on on Wesley and and uh, and every and we spoke about this the other night on how you know he was one of those alternate patsies. And uh, in this whole scheme of what they did on November 22nd, they, they uh, erased him from that photograph, you know, and, and whatever role he had, uh, we'll never know unless, you know, he divulges it. <laughs> well, he did sign the paper. 
Do you even think Billy actually had his shirt unbuttoned? I know you're using. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course. You're not. using the FBI photograph, but yeah, I assume exactly. it was unbuttoned. I know, but isn't that neat? Doesn't that just fall in there, Jim? Yeah. Oh, beautifully. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Wesley, and and you're saying Shelley's in the darkness behind. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, he didn't sign the paper saying that he was uh, somewhat involved in the assassination. He said he would go down swinging, he might get beat up, but he'd get in a few licks. That's right. That's right. He was gonna he was gonna have it out with Captain Fritz there, and Fritz. I mean, uh, what, what was he trying to get him to sign to say he did it? Or, yeah, a uh, confession, a confession that he was involved. Involved, but not of shooting him. Nobody would agree to that. Well, they they had his rifle. You know, they could have just said, "Look, man, you know." <laughs> Royal Enfield, huh? You're 19 years old, you know, and you, you you're faced with the with this thing that you know is just way bigger than than anything, you know. <laughs> just like uh, good old Billy, you know. I think we've got them all. The 100% shirt, black hole man gift. Yeah. We got that. Yeah. yeah. Get them all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now let's move on. Larry's got something for us, so um. We okay. had Don, 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 you mean Don. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Don. You to go ahead and tell us about the MP3, and then we're oh. going to play it. Okay, um, you know, I was thinking maybe we'll play that more towards the end. Uh, I wanted to talk about the debate on uh, Tuesday night for a little bit first. Um, if you want to check your email, Gary, I just sent you a new, uh, new JPEG. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the, the uh, much uh, and, uh, anticipated uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, Donald Trump debate was on uh, mm. uh, Monday night. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that. Uh, now there's, there's some info here that uh, Hillary had, I uh, was wearing a wire. Now she had a pretty decent debate performance. I will give her that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot better than what I thought uh, she was going to do. Uh, That's right. You know, with all the well-documented uh, health issues she's been through, um, it, to me it certainly sounded like that was her. Um, but did she have a mole? Did she have a mole on her yes, lip? I, I yeah, get yeah, yeah. She, she had the moles. Okay. So, so, so Jim, so, you think that was really her then on Monday night? Yeah, this was Hillary. And what we're seeing there in the back appears to be to her lavalier mic. That, that, that's not serious, but she has an earpiece, and she's doing signals by scratching her face to Lester Holt when he should attack Trump. And it happened six, really? times, six times. Well, to me, that, you know, I've seen other angles of that thing, and it looks like the garden holes like uh, W had in 2004. A garden hose. Yeah, yeah, I've got some pictures of W in that Curie debate. And it looks like he's got a garden hose going down the back of his suit. I mean, just a huge, it's like they ran a full, a full like, the hell's bigger than a coax cable up his back. This, so is what this is initially suspicious, but it's not, in fact, the smoking gun. Yeah. yeah. Instead, you go through the interview and you see each time Hillary scratches her lip or what have you, that Lester Holt jumps on Trump. And then turns directly to Hillary and lets her do a follow-up without asking her a separate question. So it's priming her for zingers that were pre-prepared. So I guess all of those who were hoping that she was gone forever are disappointed. Yes. Disappointed acutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons why we we don't want Hillary Clinton in office. Um, uh, you know, one is the you know we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Black Lives Matter. Now, Trump, you know, one key phrase that Trump was talking about was law and order. Okay, he's like, we can't have all these murders, we can't have these riots. You know, law and order must be maintained. Whereas Hillary's like, well, we need a more community-based approach. And, you know, we've, okay, we've tried this community policing crap for 20 years now. And while there is some merit to it, uh, we can't, we just absolutely can't have these riots. And now I saw this week now a Jewish group is now going to put in another $100 million into funding for Black Lives Matter. Okay, I have to say this. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was in Jackson Square this weekend at a Black Lives Matter event. I filmed the whole thing. It was completely staged. I was there at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then the New Orleans Special Ops band showed up. And all these um, marked, unmarked cars showed up with all their black tint. And then we began to walk down the side of St. Louis Cathedral, and there was military personnel vehicles and SWAT team members that were unloading there. If you look from Cafe Du Monde up, there's not the church, but right on the side of there's a huge gazebo up there. They had a military man with full battle gear, bulletproof vest, overlooking the crowd at all times. All right, so suddenly you hear David Duke uh, through a bullhorn, but look, this isn't his first rodeo. David Duke, you couldn't even hear him, but he was being drowned out by 20 people. So th the whole thing was staged, and, and I have to really be concerned about David Duke because he didn't really do anything there but agitated. But they actually closed off Jackson Square, and you could hear on the police radios, they're, they're on Decatur Street, at so-and-so, they're, they're about 10, 15 minutes away, and they literally open up the gates, and these provocateurs, one big guy looked like an offensive lineman, stood up and said, you will not uh, take down this monument. And the whole idea was they were going to lasso the, Andrew Jackson and pull him down with a rope. But no problem. We had all the police here. We had all the reporters. But the problem was there was no one in Jackson Square it was an actual protester. Either you were there to cover it, you were a policeman, or you were part of Black Lives Matter. So they came in, started screaming Black Lives Matter with the drum beat. Then two provocateurs pretended to get in a scuffle. They moved the police barricades around, and then all these people started screaming racial slurs. Okay? Now, I have to admit, I screamed out that they were actors, and they were poor actors. And they had people to deal with that. They turned around and said, I ain't paid to be here. And the MF word came out all the time. I could have easily gotten a fight. And so people wanted to provoke, you know, provoke, you know to get me, provoke. Yeah, provoke me. And I always moved to the side. And I said, I'm talking into my microphone because I was filming the whole thing. So after that, this other guy started saying, if we can't get him now, we'll get him later. And, and these other black people were jumping around. One guy just jumped in and said, arrest me. So he was, it was, it was just so staged. And then they turned around and they left. Did you want to show some of your footage, Gary? 
Well, I don't have it. It's all on my camera right now. It's not on online. You might want to go online for uh, Hillary signaling Lester with this uh, this gesture. I'm telling you about her face because there's a lot out there about it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe before we get to that, yeah, I just wanted to mention about Black Lives. Yeah, don't give me. I mean, I yeah. am fresh from a Black Lives Matter rally, and I'm telling yeah. you, I was right there where the fighting and the and everything was going on. I could have easily gotten in a fight. Do we, do we believe that one of the reasons for all these shootings and events like this is to provoke a racial violence that could warrant the imposition of martial law? Is that the agenda? Well, no, not, it's, it's, let me say it real quick. I don't – see, this was different. I really expected this to be a capstone event, but there was not one word on the local news – not one word in the newspaper, not nationally, statewide, nothing. It was hush-hush. And my guess is that New Orleans is not just a little bit more than LGBTQ friendly. Now, hey, Gary, Gary, how about uh, Nathan? Was Nathan uh, organizing stuff over there? I know he was, or, he was organizing stuff over there, right? We were there, and um, some of his friends were standing right next to David Duke. You can see him online. They had this big David Duke hat on, and they're ready to fight. But, but there was only 20 people screaming, go home, Duke, go home, Duke. But there was nobody there that wasn't paid to be there. Police are protesters. Well, are journalists covering it? Gary, maybe they figured it wasn't authentic enough to deserve widespread publicity. I mean, you're even being there saying it was fake. That might have got on the national news. It was really sad because right on the other side of this whole stage event, the people were eating their beignets. They were getting their faces painted. They were buying art. Every They had a parade. They had a second line. These people just got married. So they're people second lining past the Black Lives Matter parade, waving their handkerchief. You know, so okay, it's, yeah, okay, yeah like in, in Charlotte, seventy percent of the people that were arrested were paid and bust in. They were paid right. protesters, but and they're not LGBT friendly. Okay, no, like they're, they're 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 black. though. they're they're part of the Black Lives Matter, the Soros. You know, it's 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 kind of a color revolution. Only it's taking place here and. It's not an orange or a green revolution. This is a black revolution. And why are they going after Andrew Jackson? Well, let's 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 you know uh, go back and take a look. What was Andrew Jackson when he ran for president? What was his platform? His campaign slogan, and I believe it was 1836, was Jackson and no bank. He was his his whole campaign was based around eliminating the private Jewish central bank. And he won for a little while. He did. He got rid of the bank. Um, there was a gap there until uh, uh, 1913 when they got the Federal Reserve Act. Although it never passed, it kind of it got enacted over Christmas that year. Yeah. So All right. that was, it was it's kind of like those uh, those Libyan revolutionaries that their first order of business was to set up a central bank well here when like when we invaded iraq they tore they took down the uh saddam statue yeah right here they're gonna take down they're gonna they're the overall theme is white genocide okay they're going to eliminate the white race you know blend us out of existence they're going to remove any statue of white people they're going to destroy every trace of white civilization that they possibly can that's the goal 
And they're working on it every day. Yep, and every day. Yep, and okay. you know, so that brings us to the uh, MP3 clip that I've got here. And now, say, say Hillary gets into office, and it, it, it would be very plausible. And everyone's worried about, though, they're going to take the guns. They're going to, how are they going to take the guns? Well, I, I listened to Stormfront and uh, we we had West Virginia call in, uh, last week, and uh, here, here's his phone call. All right, here we go. I'm West Virginia with us. You're on the air, Wayne. Okay, good morning, Wayne. Uh, yeah, I called. I was listening to a radio show yesterday. And I was claiming that Obama is going to be made. Turn, turn the sound down. Down? Yeah. Too hard to hear. In November. Anyway, after listening to it, I checked it out a little further and called some people and all, and they uh, had heard the same thing. <clears throat> and uh, then Obama can have the UN put in the gun control issue. And I said, well, how are they going to collect everybody's guns? And uh, they said, well, the plan is that what they will do is we'll bring them in to them. I said, well, how's that going to happen? Well, they said, what, they're, what they'll do is, first of all, they'll, they know who has weapons because, you know, the, if you buy a weapon, usually they let the feds know you bought it. And, of course, a lot of dummies went down and got their concealed weapon permit, and that automatically tells the feds you got a weapon. And um, what they're going to do is, uh, if you don't turn your weapon in, then they're going to freeze your bank account. If uh, that doesn't bring you in, then they're going to come and confiscate your property. And they figure they'll be able to get about 80% of the people to bring their weapons in. And uh, <clears throat> that'll be about 20%. And after they put their pressure on them, probably 15% of them will bring them in, and the other, that'll be 5% out there. And if they need to come in and confiscate them or kill them, and, you know, it really doesn't make any difference to them. And with Obama in that position, with the UN, and then the TPPI passes, and then they can take and make it a law to the UN that the guns will be collected in America and uh, all he has to do is issue the order. And if need be, he could send the blue hats in rather than use our own forces. So that's some food for thought. And uh, go ahead, Roy, real quick, what do you think? On well, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's a possibility, conceivable. Um, and <laughs> people will turn over their guns, you know, if they're under pressure to, unless there's someone of significance, like say Donald Trump, or there's an organized effort to get the white people to use their guns to resist. And so unless there's someone from the political elite or from someone significant who, and some people in the military industrial complex that are supporting white citizens to fight back, it won't happen. Um, but it, it it, it could happen, and we may see that if they go that way. Well, I look at it as that's probably the most uh, <clears throat> feasible thing I've 
heard so far that they could do as far as freezing the bank accounts and all that. And uh, I agree, eventually what's going to happen to Whitey, you know, Whitey's going to have to make a choice. He can either stand up and become a soldier of God and protect his family, his country, his neighbors, and his way of life, or he can stay down there on his knees. But if he does decide to stay on his knees, he should bow his head so that they can get a clean cut. But uh, I think that's where we're heading, and that's where we're at. And uh, I know time's about up, so I'm going to let you all go, and I thank you for taking my call. And have a great day, fellas. All right. Good. Okay. All right there, Don. Go ahead. So, yeah, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that? They're gonna, uh, you're either going to turn in your guns or they're going to freeze your bank account. And if that doesn't do it, then they're going to come and take your property. In Canada, what's, a, what's, a, what's a time frame for this project? Well, they're, they're talking about Obama uh, sitting in, uh, you know, leading up the UN Security Council in November. And this is not going to require the Congress to act? I mean, this, this could precipitate a violent revolution right here in the USA. This yeah. is about as disgusting a proposal as I've ever heard. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, too. I, I listened to that. I was on the treadmill today, and I was, I was jogging, and I heard that phone call, and I had to stop running for uh, about 30 seconds. Uh, I have a question. Do you think the NRA lobby is weakening? Uh, so that stuff like this, uh, they're just like JFK research. Most they work in the other side of the street. <laughs> the NRA, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gun, gun, gun owners of America, NRA. All that is, you sign up for that. Now they got you. Okay, now you're Robert Groden and the NRA have a lot in common. Yeah, that's they act yeah. like they're on your side, but they sure are not. So yeah. we're hip to that one. But uh, look, I always knew it would be that way because in Canada, there was actually a weapon. I can't remember what it was, but it was legal. But then they passed a law and it was suddenly not legal. So if you didn't bring it in, it was through your income tax. And it's always through your taxation. If you want to make a loan, you want to do anything, your tax records have to be 100% or else you have to bow out of society, basically. Yeah, they don't care if 30% of the people refuse to turn their guns in. And, and it, essentially, if you refuse to turn your gun in, yeah, you will not be participating in the economy. And, on a, you know, okay, if you were to take, you know, white people that own guns are, for the most part, working, productive citizens. And so if you were to just eliminate 30% of the white people out of the workforce that's left, you'd have a serious economic problem on your hands. Don, tell me again, where did that conversation take place? Um, Wayne was talking to some people he knew. I, I'm not, I'll have to listen to it again. Wayne, Wayne. This is a guy, I, I listen to Stormfront Radio, and this is a guy that calls in uh, to Stormfront on a fairly regular basis. You know, Don Black and uh, Truck Roy. So this was a caller into Don Black and Truck Roy on Stormtroop Radio. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what was the source? What was the source of this plan? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. He didn't really divulge his sources, but 
you know, it, it's, it certainly sounds like it, it's something they would pull, doesn't it? I mean, oh, you can't rule it out. It's just it, profoundly disturbing. They would. I, I have never ever believed that Obama's going to stay in office and we're no. going to declare martial law and all that. I've never believed that, and I still don't believe that. Now, I know we're in for some October surprises like never before. Hang on to your hat. I mean, they were right down there in the in in French Quarter just a few days ago, so the devil is here in Louisiana. Well, I, so I guess, you know, to kind of wrap that whole thing up, um, if, you know, I don't know if Obama is going to be able to pull that off in November. I, I don't think they would actually do that then. But, like, you know, like with the Patriot Act and 9-11, they didn't write the Patriot Act in October of 2001. I mean, that piece of crap was sitting on the shelf for years and years. Absolutely, ago. yes. So something like this, you know, okay, it, I doubt it's going to be Obama in November. But if Hillary takes over or, you know, if something happens to her and Tim Kaine takes over, you know, then depending on how things play out, this sort of thing might be on the table. You know, Man. I I can see this happening. So, you know, I don't – Trump, now, I'm not a huge fan of his, uh, you know, tax cuts for business and, you know, the wealthy and all that. But really at this point, you know, who cares about the tax rates? Big deal. You know, if, if, if we don't stop the invasion from Mexico and China and Somalia, we, I mean, we got more Somalians here than you can shake a stick at in Minneapolis. You know, where are they going to send these people back – or we're going to get genocided out of existence. We're going to just blend into the woodwork. That, hey, 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 Don, you know, uh, I was talking to, remember we had Lola on here with us uh, uh, last month, and, and she was telling me that she's Mexican, okay, and she lives in Laredo, but uh, she says that she's, she's, uh, she, she supports a wall being built because she says that the people that come over, you know, they, uh, they dislodge uh, uh, employment, you know, jobs, and, and just the uh, type of people that come over are just not, you know, the people that, that, that uh, she wants to be around, okay? So if somebody like that uh, supports the wall being built, then uh, you know uh, something is happening there, you know? Well, I mean, let's be fascinating. When, when, when Trump went to visit the president of Mexico, for which he received a royal reaming, for having invited him, I took a look at the Mexican immigration policies, and they included the following provisions, that no one may immigrate to Mexico unless they can show they have a contribution to make to the good of the country. Number two, no one may immigrate to Mexico unless they can show they have the financial means to support themselves and the family or relatives they bring with them. And number three, if a Mexican citizen marries a non-Mexican to grant them citizenship, they may be prosecuted and serve as much as five years in jail. If Donald Trump would simply adopt the migration policies of Mexico, he'd be applauded by every American. And and, yeah, and don't forget, there's a huge wall on the Mexican-Guatemala border. Uh-huh. Mexico's got a huge wall on their southern border. Yeah, yeah. We don't hear any crocodile tears about that. And yeah. there's a little a little community in Georgia, Stone Mountain, 6,000 population, really high poverty level. They've been asked to accept more Muslim immigrants than New York City and Los Angeles combined. Ridiculous. Hillary Clinton was talking about, you know, all these houses in Detroit that are, you know, basically – Abandoned. Yeah, abandoned houses blown away. 
Yeah. He says, well, we could rebuild those houses and move in 100,000 Syrians. <laughs> <laughs> We're in trouble, fellas, I'm telling you. Well, there, there, there's, uh, there's a, there are a lot of Syrians in, in Detroit. Yeah, like, okay, that's what that town needs. Is yeah, more this is, what this is is using immigration as an instrument of cultural warfare. This is an attempt to disrupt the cultures of the European countries and now of the United States. And Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton are doing nothing to forestall it. They're actually encouraging it. Obama, as I'm certain in some of his executive orders that have remained secret and withheld from the American people, weakened the border controls with Mexico and, and precipitated more and more immigrants coming in from the Middle East. All right, we've got about eight minutes. You want to give Jim Garrison a little quick shot? Uh, <laughs> Always. What do you think? Let's give it a, just a few minutes. The fairy tale. <laughs> he talks about fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the FCC uh, made them do this. Made available to District Attorney Jim Garrison of New Orleans to reply to an NBC News program broadcast on June 19th. In that program, NBC News examined some of the methods used by Mr. Garrison in his investigation of what he charges was a conspiracy to assassinate President Kennedy. Except for the opening and closing announcements, this program has been prepared under Mr. Garrison's sole supervision. Mr. Garrison. Tonight I'm going to talk to you about truth and about fairy tales, about justice and about injustice. In the months that follow, you're going to learn that many of the things which some of the major news agencies have been telling you are untrue. You're going to learn that although you are citizens of the United States, information concerning the cause of the death of your president has been withheld from you. In the months to come, you will learn to your own satisfaction that President Kennedy was not killed by a lone assassin. You will learn that there has been and continues to be a conservative effort to keep you from learning these facts. And you will learn, I assure you, that what I have been trying to tell you, and what I'm telling you tonight, is true. As children, we become accustomed to hearing fairy tales. They're always pleasant stories, and they're comforting to hear because good always triumphs over evil. At least, this is the way it is in fairy tales. Fairy tales are not dangerous for our children, and are probably even good for them up to a point. However, in the real world, in which you and I must live, fairy tales are dangerous. They're dangerous because they're untrue. Anything which is untrue is dangerous. And it is all the more dangerous when a fairy tale becomes accepted as reality simply because it has an official seal of approval or because honorable men announce that you must believe it, or because powerful elements of the press tell you that the fairy tale is true. The conclusion of the Warren report that President Kennedy was killed by a lone assassin is a fairy tale. This does not mean that the men on the Warren Commission were aware at the time that their conclusion was totally untrue, nor does it mean necessarily that these men had any sinister motives it does mean that the conclusion that no conspiracy existed and that Lee Oswald was the lone assassin is a fiction and a myth and that it should be brought to an end. The people of this country don't have to be protected from the truth 
this country was not built on the idea that a handful of nobles, whether located in our federal agencies in Washington, D.C., or in the news agencies in New York, should decide what was good for the people to know and what they should not know. This is a totalitarian concept, which presumes that the leaders of our federal government and the men in control of the powerful press media constitute a special elite, which by virtue of their nobility and their brilliance, empower them to think for the people. Personally, I would rather put my confidence in the common sense of the people of this country. The truth about the assassination of the president has been concealed from you long enough. Those forces which are fighting so hard today to tell you that they have examined the Warren report and that everything is fine and that our investigation has uncovered nothing are not merely going to lose this fight. They have already lost it. Now let me tell you why President Kennedy was murdered right. and how he was murdered. Well, I also want to give you a few... All right, fellas, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, what do y'all think? Uh, what, what about those forces there, Don? <laughs> well, we've seen... Of the media. We've seen these same forces come up with other fairy tales and other situations like 9-11. But you gotta, you gotta appreciate in the time this man was showing such immense courage, integrity, intelligence, perseverance, a true hero for our America. That's right. One of the greatest American heroes ever. Without any doubt, I look forward to more of our interview with him. All right. This has been the new JFK show number 118. We appreciate Don Fox, Larry Vera, Jim Fetzer, and we'll see you next week.